welcome back for season two of the Excel Still More podcast. I am your host, Chris Emerson, and I'm here to encourage you with tips and strategies to help you deepen your faith, build stronger relationships, and do the most with your life in Christ. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Welcome back. Today, maybe the title gives it away, I want to talk to you about being positive versus negative. The comparison between an optimistic person and what happens in their life and how they get to that point versus someone who is pessimistic and how that bears out over time. I'm actually going to introduce an article with some scientific backing on the repercussions of negativity, and I hope you'll find it helpful. And then near the end, I find it interesting, this article in no way attached to the Word of God has three clear suggestions on how to become more positive, more optimistic, and they just so happen to jive nearly perfectly with the efforts we're trying to make in the Excel Still More journal or any kind of journal that you are using where you dedicate time to very specific things on a regular and daily basis, so you will be getting some encouragement from me on that. Before we get to the article, I have to tell you, this has been a big deal for me for a super long time. I just really struggle being around negative people. I know life isn't always fair, and there are lots of things that could have turned out differently, but I just don't get it. I mean, here we are living in the greatest country in the history of the world. We have the most technological, medical advancements of all time. Sure, we still have to deal with hard things like sickness, accidents, disease, death, etc. Economic ruin, job loss, poverty. I get that. That's terrible. We have all of that. But we are more equipped to handle that. And there is more hope for a solution to that, or at least management of it, than anyone that's ever lived anywhere. If we cannot find the optimistic view of how we get to live our lives here and now, well, it is just time to do some reevaluation. And I hope that the medical data I will be sending your way will force you to reconsider if negativity, even in the life God has given you, is keeping you from seeing the blessings and celebrating them. By the way, no matter what's going on in your physical life, we have access to the blood of Jesus Christ. We have the opportunity to serve the King. There is hope in every day. There is always peace to be found, love and joy and patience and kindness and all of that stuff in Jesus. And on top of that, the irrevocable promise of eternal life for the faithful. I mean, what's negative about that? What is the dark view of those things? And you know, it occurred to me while I was thinking about those nine pieces of the fruit of the Spirit, Jesus expects us to be positive people. Even in first century times where they might be detained or beaten or even murdered, he said, you be defined by your love, your joy, your peace, your patience, your kindness, your goodness, all of the things that celebrate what is right should emanate from you in every situation. 
As Christians, that's the way it ought to be. And I have to tell you, I know people like that. There is a sweet, sweet lady that goes to our church. She is battling cancer right now, and it's not been going well. But you should see the look on her face when she shows up at church. She knows who she is, and who he is, and where she's going. And the way she celebrates every little piece of good news, I just wish more people were like her. And it frustrates me when they aren't. There are people not dealing with a percent of the challenges that she is, and yet all they can see is what they wish was better, was different. And what's really hard about that is I want to be an encourager. When someone's down, I want to pick them up. But to reference for the first time our title today, if I give somebody a dozen roses to try to make them feel better, but all they see are the thorns, that's one of the typical optimism versus pessimism tests, what do you see, the rose or the thorns, they become almost impossible to help, and sometimes the negativity is kind of contagious. So let's see if we can shake that up a little bit, and if you know someone in your life who genuinely battles with negativity just all the time, I'm hopeful that this lesson can help them. I told you this was a big deal for me. It goes back a long ways. I gave my first Wednesday night invitation at church when I was 10 years old, 31 years ago, and I still remember it. I told my parents I wanted to cover the topic of being positive versus being negative, two terms that I knew at the time. As we dug into the study and Jesus and the attitude that he taught us to have, I learned a couple of new words for me at the time. Optimism, which means hopefulness and confidence about the future, that things can go well, that things are good, versus pessimism, which is the polar opposite a tendency to see the worst aspect of things or believe the worst will happen, a lack of hope and confidence. That certainly does not sound like the life that I want to live, and I'm sure you neither. So in that lesson when I was 10, I gave two examples, the basic positive-negative examples. You've heard them a thousand times. The first one had to do with the glass that was half full. What do you see? Do you see that you have a glass, and it has water in it, and it looks like plenty of water to quench your thirst, and you're thankful? Or do you look at that glass and think, why isn't this full? Other people's glasses are full. Maybe it won't be enough. Maybe I'll run out. What's your attitude about what you have at the moment? What is your view of the life that you now have? And keep in mind, and by the way, I didn't think to say this when I was 10, but many of the things that you have in your life to celebrate today, God specifically chose to give you. I wonder if he wants us staring at the air pocket above the water in the glass, or should we be praising his name for what we have? The second example in that lesson from so many years ago harkens back again to our title, When you see a rose bush with the red blooming roses, do you notice the flowers or do you notice the thorns? Now, as I've gotten older, I think, you know, I notice both, I guess. What does that say about me? I say, wow, those are really beautiful roses, but I probably ought not touch them because look at those nasty thorns. I get that, and we need to be fair about that. We try to live kind of balanced, but the question is, what do you get out of the observation? 
Do you get encouragement? Are you willing to step forward? If they were wild roses, would you be willing to take one home and give it to somebody you love, even though you would risk getting poked by the thorns? Or would you stop and say, I'm not going over there. I don't want any of those problems. And by that pessimistic view, you miss out on sharing the beauty of what's in front of you. You see, this isn't really just about whether you're a positive person or not. It's about what that's doing in your life, how that's affecting what you choose to do, and how that affects other people. Let me give you an example from today. It's not as dramatic as taking a rose home to someone you love. But this morning, Summer and I took three of our kids, Luke, who is 16, Nick, he's nine, and Ella is seven, and we all went to a golf course about an hour away. My son Luke was playing in his first summer golf tournament, and we are walking along there on the back nine, and Nick and I both noticed there are golf balls in the woods, lots of them. But we also could tell very quickly there were thorns everywhere. So in this actual real-life story, the rosebuds are tailor-made golf balls, Bridgestone, and Titleist, although the thorns are still thorns. So we kind of looked at each other and thought, how badly do we want these? And we wanted them badly. We smiled at each other and we dove in. And look, we both got cut up a little bit by thorns. I'm looking at three little streaks on my right leg at this exact moment. But we did not care. We wanted golf balls. And we came out with four pockets filled with balls and in both hands. I think we came home with 30 golf balls. We enjoyed it, even though... We got stuck in the woods a couple of times and a little scraped up. We didn't let what we didn't like stop us from what we wanted, from what we knew that we would enjoy. And maybe you face choices like that as well. All right, in the back half of this episode, I need to talk about this article. I'll try to get a link in the Facebook post or the Thursday email or something. It's actually from CNN.com. Please don't turn off the episode. Still a good article. It's called Negative Thinking Linked to Dementia in Later Life, But You Can Learn to Be More Positive. What it's really talking about is how bad for you negative things are. And I don't just mean you miss out on a pocket full of golf balls. I mean it has a negative effect on your brain, on your body, on your life. It's funny, we're negative about what we don't like about our lives and it makes our lives worse. That seems kind of foolish to me. I think we ought to celebrate what we have and eliminate that course. Here are some things from early on in the article. Are you a pessimist by nature? A glass, half-empty sort of person? That is not good for your brain. A new study found that repetitive negative thinking in later life was linked to cognitive decline and greater deposits of two harmful proteins responsible for Alzheimer's disease. One doctor goes on to say, quote, we propose that repetitive negative thinking may be a new risk factor for dementia. Negative thinking behaviors, such as rumination about the past and worry about the future, were measured in over 350 people over the age of 55 for a two-year period. These people submitted themselves to PET scans and other things, And those who tested more negatively had larger deposits of proteins that contribute to this terrible disease. Now, I'm not saying, nor is the article, that there's always a correlation. 
And I don't even know if you can trust these guys, to be honest, although they are scientists. But you know, just this once, it may be great to just assume that they're telling the truth. I've decided that. I've decided that this article is law. That if I can't get to a positive view of who I am and get over the past and stop letting it drag me down and get rid of this anxiety for what's coming, then it's going to deteriorate my quality of life and limit my ability to enjoy my family, and the people God has put in my life. Interestingly, the study also tested for levels of anxiety and depression and found greater cognitive decline in depressed and anxious people, which echoes prior research. In other words, this isn't just a one-off study. A lot of research is coming together to show, and they go on to express it this way, that if you're negative about things, it contributes to anxiety and depression, And that combination contributes to the development of this dangerous protein, and on and on you go. Listen, I know this can be hard, so I'm just trying to scare you a little bit. If you're someone staring at the empty part of that glass, or disappointed that roses have to have thorns, or you look at your family, your job, your life, where you are, and all you can see is what God hasn't given you instead of what God has given you, you need to understand it's going to put at risk even what you have. But here's some good news. The article goes on to say previous research supports all of these hypotheses, but also that people who look at life from a positive perspective have a much better shot at avoiding death from any type of cardiovascular risk than pessimistic people. That's according to a study from 2019. In fact, the more positive the person, the greater the protection from, ready, heart attacks, stroke, and any cause of death. I gotta tell you, that sounds great to me. So maybe one of the first positive thoughts you can have if you struggle with this is, hey, if I get better at optimistic thinking, a lot of the things that I fear, I won't have to fear them the same way at least the likelihood begins to diminish. Maybe that'll put a smile on your face. He goes on to say, it's not just your heart that's protected by a positive outlook. Prior research has found a direct link between optimism and other positive health attributes, such as healthier diet and exercise behaviors, a stronger immune system, better lung function, and on and on. By the way, based on what's said in the paragraphs around the one I just read, let me just suggest something to you. If you're wondering, am I too negative a person? Do I not look at my life with the appreciation that I ought to have? It kind of goes on to suggest that you can look at the way you eat and the way you move and the way you take care of yourself and your body, your mind and your body, and basically positive people do a better job of that. They haven't just given up. They aren't staring at what they don't like. They're working with what they have, and they enjoy that work. So maybe that's a way you can kind of evaluate, where am I mentally? Well, how are you taking care of yourself? You know, the self that God gave you out of his great love. Okay, so if you want to see this get better, I'd like to share with you the last bit of this CNN article, which actually is quite optimistic, and I think will give you some great hope. And I do think it will connect quite naturally to something I've been talking to you about for a really long time. So here's what they say at the end. There are three things you can do to help. The first one is about 30 minutes a day of, quote, meditation. If you can devote 30 minutes a day to meditation over the course of just two weeks, 
it will produce a measurable change in the brain, in the way you think, and maybe even chemically as well. Secondly, you take an approach called the, quote, best possible self method, watch this, where you journal about yourself in the future as you envision yourself being better and solving your problems and you lay out a plan to do so. And then thirdly, practice gratefulness. Just take a few minutes each day, I'm reading from the article here, to write down what makes you thankful. This can improve your outlook on life. And while you're at it, list the positive experiences you had that day, which can also raise your optimism. Those ideas sound great. Let me walk you back through them very quickly. A half an hour a day for meditation or contemplation can have a positive effect in just two weeks. Journal about yourself, your goals, how you can get better, seeing yourself better, I would say affirmations. And then thirdly, be grateful. Writing down things that you are thankful for and experiences that you enjoy in your life. So there you go. If you've been contemplating setting aside 30 minutes, 60 minutes a day for journaling, whether it's the Excel Still More three-month journal, which of course you can get at the website, excelstillmore.life, or writing it down in some other way, or just setting aside a half an hour in the mornings to think through things, don't take my word for it. We've got a bunch of doctors telling you what a great difference it'll make. I don't know, you may not trust those guys, but maybe you'll trust me. I've been doing these three things for about 14 months now. I get up in the morning and I write down some great things that happened yesterday. I write out some prayers to God. I read through a chapter of scripture and write down some things from the word. I lay out a well-spaced out plan for the day. Put down a spiritual highlight I hope to accomplish. A frog I'm going to eat. No stress, just a frog. I pick one thing I'm thankful for and I talk about gratefulness to God, and then I finish with affirmations, a vision of myself, of who I know I can be in Him. You don't have to do this my way, but you need to do this. In fact, I would say your willingness to do this is the first step towards a more positive life and the desire to be more thankful for what you have. When I get away from time set aside, I can see those things begin to slip, and I get right back to it. Maybe it's time for you to do the same. You live in the best time in the history of the entire world, and you live under the rule of the greatest king that can really even be imagined. Work towards seeing the glass and the clear, clean water within it. When you look at your life, do you see the roses or the thorns? Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the program, please remember to share with your family and your friends. Also, you can go to excelstillmore.life to sign up for emails, order the three-month journals, or just catch up on old episodes. So until next time, let me leave you with this. Whatever you choose to do today in the name of the Lord Jesus, excel still more.